Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back for another edition of Investor Stories. On this special segment, the experts describe the most important lesson that they've learned and how that has changed the way they invest. This is the special segment called Lessons Learned. On today's special segment, we have Jason Heltzer of Origin Ventures. Jason, have you made an investment that didn't work out, which caused you to adapt or improve your approach? If so, what did you learn and how has it changed how you invest? If I think back, the answer, of course, is absolutely yes. I mean, if if you're not making investments that don't work out, you know, you're not taking enough risk, in my opinion, for this asset class. Uh, So I have I've had many lousy investments that didn't work out. As I think back on, you know, many, many investments, it usually does boil down to the people, not to just point blame at people, because a lot of times, you know, I am to blame because it's about fitting the right people into the right companies and into the right functional responsibilities. And there can be a desire to hire people who have been successful in the past. You get enamored by some of the names on their resume and the companies. But I find people systematically don't match the real functional skills of what they did on the projects or on the deals or the companies that they worked on before. What skills are going to be required in the company? Because uh, to me, that's that's the real crucial measure of success of really matching things up. And then, and then there are people who match functionally, but don't look at the relationship with investors as a partnership. They'll look at things more adversarially. And those are also ones where whether you know we're on the board, we're helping make decisions, but we don't have all the information because it's being hidden or obscured. So I, I think, again, it, it just it often comes down to people. You know, there are times where we've invested in things where the market wasn't as big or the market timing wasn't quite right, where we thought something would catch on and it didn't. That's a part of an investor. And as I think back at my approach, I mean, I think I've become better at assessing people, better at assessing the fit between the company's needs and the people's skills. Earlier in my career, a marketing person is a marketing person. And I just, okay, yeah, you just put those two together. But is this B2B? Is it B2C? Are we going after enterprise or small business? Is this software or is this something else? I mean, all those things really matter. You start thinking about someone to lead sales. It's an even a very wide variety of a matrix of different types of people that you might put in to a company, depending on the company strategy and product. So, you know, I think that to me has been the biggest lesson learned. On today's special segment, we have Stuart Larkins and Ezra Galston of Chicago Ventures. Guys, can you tell us a story about a situation where you learned a critical lesson? that has changed the way you invest? Yeah. So 
one critical lesson learned for me is the diligence you need to do on investors coming into the series A or series B rounds of your portfolio companies. So we had a situation where the company set out uh, a process to invest and deviated from that process because we had a term sheet come in from a big name fund. Uh, Everybody got excited. It was a very, uh, I'd say now probably inflated number that came in. So, you know, people got a little bit too excited about over-optimizing on price and not really doing the diligence on the the partner that was coming in with the term sheet. We ended up um, accepting it, stopping the process where we'd had, you know, meetings already set up with five other very well-known funds. And I think that that lesson learned there is that you, you when you're fundraising, you need to set out a very, very regimented process. And you need to follow that process all the way through to the end. Don't deviate. Don't let somebody come in and give you a term sheet that has great value on it, over-optimize for money, and stop the rest of the process. Go all the way through, all the way through to the end. Because if you don't, uh, you can get really stuck. And in this situation, we got really stuck because we we accepted that term sheet and all the other funds said, okay, well, they're done. And we went down the the 60-day closing process and the deal fell through right at the end. And all the other funds that we went back to were like, hmm, I wonder why the deal fell through, right? So it it ended up uh, causing us a lot of angst and a lot, a lot of hard work to raise that last round. <laughs> what sort of diligence would you do if that were to happen again? I mean, the diligence is, you know... You, you don't don't ever listen to anybody's uh, list of uh, you know references they give you. Always always go around the references, right? Because obviously they're going to be good. You need to talk to people that uh, have invested with the fund that have been successful and that have been unsuccessful. So there's a there's a lot more diligence uh, you need to do on the not just the fund itself, but the partner that you're investing with. Because it is like, you know, like getting married, right? You're going in for a long-term commitment and um, it can, things can get hairy and ugly in boardrooms. So that's, that's the type of diligence I would do. But I would also encourage you to really look at successful fundraising processes, do your homework on how to manage them, how to build the process and really complete it to the end. Don't let yourself get sidetracked by some, you know, big fund coming in with really high valuations and because uh, you, you want to take you want to take the right terms from the right partner, not over optimize on price. I can't think of a case in our history where a company that there uh, that optimized on price. I mean, it may work out, but they were super happy about that decision. Yep. On today's special segment, we have Dave McClure of Five Hundred Startups. Dave, can you tell us a story about a situation where you learned a critical lesson that has changed the way that you invest? Well, without naming the company specifically, I would say, you know, there was at least a few where we were very bullish on how things developed over the first, uh, you know, few rounds of funding. Uh, one that we put a lot of money into, relatively speaking, for us, we probably wrote four or five checks and invested over a million dollars, you know, when, you know, usually for us, a couple hundred thousand is a bigger bet. Um, I think there's a lot of things that still take time to prove out and, you know, you may still have growth of the management team or growth of the business to worry about. 
clearly, you know, we realized that just because a company raised Series A or even sometimes Series B financing, it doesn't mean that they're a lock to win. And so doubling down on companies maybe while they're still early in their life cycle is still a risky, risky game. You know, I think initially we thought that companies that make it through the first two years or so get to a Series A, you know, maybe get some product market fit figured out, maybe a million dollars in revenue more, you know, we're kind of out of the woods and, you know, there's less risk in the system. But I've learned there's still quite a bit of risk, even for companies that have gotten to those levels. Um, Sometimes even when things are working, you know, they may not get to an exit. So a lot of times understanding when you're winning on paper and when you're actually winning by getting to, you know, some type of liquidity event or exit, those may be, you know, still a few years apart or maybe even never. So it's probably just a very simple old story of don't count your chickens before they've hatched. But um, when you see stuff looks like it's marked up on paper and when you get companies that are making it past the first few rounds of financing, it still doesn't mean you've won. And so maintaining a diversified portfolio and maintaining a certain amount of, you know, caution and patience before you start assuming everything's in the wind column, you know, that's probably not unique to venture, but it's certainly a lesson I've learned the hard way. You know, with such a long time horizon, this must must be difficult, but do you look at sort of startups like a funnel with the percentage that, that <laughs> yeah. progress through? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you think about, you know, how long it takes for companies to get to an exit, uh, you know, Twilio, one of our portfolio companies, is actually our first IPO. Um, It's been six years since we invested out of 500 Startups Fund 1, and actually I invested in the company while I was still at Founders Fund back in 2008. So, you know, whether it's six years or eight years to get to an IPO, that's that's a very, very long time. (laughs) (laughs) and so, you know, we, we look at a lot of our investments with, you know, probably realistic chances of getting to an exit not being much more than 20 to 30 percent, uh, getting to a big exit, something that's like 10x or more, probably less than 10 percent. And so we really feel like understanding, okay, it's going to take 100 companies and five years or more to really get to big wins. Um, that just, you know, takes a little, uh, takes a little time to adjust and figure out, you know, how you make decisions. Uh, sometimes you don't really get a good feedback loop on your decisions until two, three, four years later. That will wrap up this installment of Investor Stories. Head over to thefullratchet.net to leave a comment, sign up for the newsletter, or find resources discussed on any of the episodes. Until next time, remember to over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for listening. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. 
Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. In this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. 